0: Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a podcast exclusive, meaning there is no video connection to it. And if you're here listening, you are getting some exclusive content. So today I have really been wanting to talk more about astrology on the podcast because I do consider myself to be a tropical astrologer. I have studied astrology since I was a teenager. There are a lot of things I don't know. Like I definitely don't work in like sinistry. Um, like I don't, I kind of dipped my toes into Vedic at one point and then decided that I was better off in tropical. I feel like, don't get me wrong, I think both are extremely valuable. And I have a whole podcast where I talked about the differences and like why I think both are really valuable. Uh, I do feel like I am a good tropical astrologer and I honestly run my life in a way off of astrology. And I have for the last three plus years, and it's boded really well for me. And I want to share some of that knowledge with you today. So first and foremost, I do want to say, when I say base my life off of astrology, I think some people I felt y'all cringe. (laughs) And I want to be really clear when I say like, I don't base like my life so hard off of astrology that I won't make decisions for myself because like the moon is here and this is happening here and don't get me wrong I think to some degree that is valuable but I also feel like we do still have to live our lives and do you see what I'm saying like there is definitely a you need to kind of take the information that you're given and Really, have your own discernment to know what to do with it. So, I'm not going to promote like running your life so by astrology that you have all these like rules around your life. I mean, I'm a Sagittarius rising, I don't like authority and I don't like people telling me what to do, including the stars and the planets. So, um, let me just like get that out there right now. Um, I am a big believer in thinking for yourself and doing what feels correctly for you or doing what feels correct for you. So, just kind of keep that in there as a disclaimer with the information I give you today. Make sure that you use your own discernment and decide how it can apply to your life or not apply to your life. So I want to talk a little bit about how I use astrology and then we're going to get into some actual specifics on how you can do this for yourself. I'm going to try to give you a really good step-by-step guide through this because this is such valuable information in my opinion that like I feel like number one, it can be like very basic astrology. You don't really have to learn a lot to know how to do this. And number two, it can actually really amplify your manifestations. And that's really what I use it a lot for. And, Even with my own like learning, again, I'm a Sagittarius rising, I am somebody that is like the forever student. So I also base a lot of my own learning off of astrology in terms of what I want to learn and focus on at certain times, what kind of books I want to read at certain times that are going to lift me up during a certain transit. Uh, Same with um, just making it really personal, like on the new and full moons, When I'm releasing with the full moon or manifesting with the new moon, when you know your own astrology and what is going on and like what house things are falling into, which I'll explain to you, um, it, it can amplify those things for you. And I have seen dramatic like stuff change for me using these techniques using the information I'm going to give you and I'll try my best to give examples as we kind of go through this if I have anything significant that sticks out to me I have very minimal notes on this episode I just wanted to go really free form with it because astrology is something I could talk about forever and ever and ever Excuse me, I'm also drinking a, I hope y'all have a drink with you right now, no matter what it is, a coffee, a tea, an alcoholic beverage. Uh, I'm drinking a San Pellegrino Italian sparkling drink. This is the Momenti, or I'm sure that's not how you say it, Um It's in the Clementine Peach, and I actually really like these. Normally, I'm somebody who's like, don't drink your calories, don't drink sugar, blah, blah, blah. But as I've kind of been getting more in tune with my own body, this is a total side note, um, I allow myself to kind of like indulge a little bit, and this to me is like the perfect indulgent drink. It's mostly sparkling water, but it has like a hint of juice in it, so... If that's, like, if you're somebody who doesn't like sparkling water, I would definitely give these ones a try. Not the regular San Pellegrino, but the San Pellegrino, it's it's spelled like momenti, but I'm sure that's not how you say it, because I'm sure it's an Italian word. But... In any case, I got a little beverage with me. I got some water with me and we're going to dive in. So the first point that I really want to make when you are learning how to work your own magic in astrology, when you are learning how to kind of plan more of your life around astrology so you can amplify things, because that's what it is to me. It's like, Today, I'm giving you a tool. If you don't already have this information, I'm giving you a tool that can maximize and amplify different time periods in your life. Because your life could already be fantastic, or not so much. But giving you this tool, I actually believe by doing it myself, practicing it myself, that it amplifies the things that I'm working with. It makes them better by adding this like extra tool and extra layer. So The first thing that you really want to do when you want to start working with astrology in your life, whether it's on a monthly, uh, biweekly, only with the moon cycles, or a daily practice, the first thing, and I will tell anybody this that is an astrology novice, uh, absolutely, you need to know your rising sign. and. I want to explain something here because there's actually like real history in this. We've been studying with astrology for I don't even know how many years as a people. Like it's it's something that we've had for a long time. And if you are reading your daily horoscope for your sun sign, which like if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, the sun sign is the sign that most people at least that practice tropical astrology or Western astrology... That is the sign that most people will go by. Like if you were born in the month of July or during like, I want to say it's like, I want to say it's like July, it's like the end of June, like June 20 something through uh, July 20 something, you would be a cancer Sun in tropical astrology, right? So that's what I mean when it's your sun sign. Your rising sign is based off of the time of day that you were born. So I would argue as a tropical astrologer that the rising sign is the most important piece of your chart. And the reason why is because it is so specific because it's 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 not just the time. It's like where you were born, like what location, the time, and... The time, the place, and what else am I missing? The date. The time, the place, and the day, it's extremely specific. And the rising sign, it's what was on the horizon the minute you were born. So it's extremely specific. I want to say the rising sign changes. I don't even know exactly what the increments are throughout the day. Uh, I want to say it's like every couple of hours, the rising sign changes. So somebody can have the exact same birthday as you, be born in the same hospital, but like a few hours apart, and you will have different rising signs. And the reason that the rising sign is the most important, in my opinion, is it actually sets up the rest of your chart. So the rising sign, it's always in what is called the first house. And I apologize to those of you that know a little bit about astrology, we're really going to get into some basic stuff right now. So those of you that don't know a lot about astrology definitely be taking some notes. So your rising sign, it doesn't matter who you are, it always falls into the first house in the zodiac. The the house system is made up of 12, just the way that zodiac signs, there are 12 of them. And each house is ruled by a different sign. So Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. Many people think the first sign is Aquarius because that's the beginning of the year, but that's actually very incorrect or they'll think it's Capricorn. Um, The start of the Zodiac year is during Aries season, which is coming up on us at the end of this month in tropical astrology. So the first house is ruled by Aries. Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. Then it goes into Taurus as the second sign, the third, or the, is the ruler of the second house, the second sign of the Zodiac. The third house ruler is going to be Gemini, which is the third house, um, which is the third sign of the Zodiac. The fourth is going to be Cancer, The fifth is going to be Leo. The sixth is going to be Virgo. The seventh is going to be Libra. The eighth is going to be Scorpio. The ninth is going to be Sagittarius. The tenth is going to be Capricorn. The eleventh is Aquarius. And the twelfth is Pisces. So, right now, as I'm recording this episode, and if you're listening to it when it's brand new, we're in the middle in tropical astrology of Pisces season. We are in the twelfth house, the completion, right before going into the first house again in Aries. So, I hope like if you kind of took notes on that and you might have to like pause and kind of go back, or if you're unfamiliar with the house system, I hope that that helps. Every zodiac sign rules a certain house. So knowing that information, we're going to build on that now. If your rising sign is, I'll go with mine as the example. If your rising sign is in Sagittarius, which is what was on the horizon when I was born. If your rising sign is in Sagittarius, This sign always, no matter who you are, your rising sign, if you're an Aries rising, a Pisces rising, a Cancer rising, it always falls into your first house. And from there, the rest of your chart is set up. So this is why I think the first house is so important, is it actually sets up the rest of your houses. So I'm a Sagittarius rising, which puts my first house the house of Aries, the house of self, they all represent something about life and the journey of life. So, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but having my first house in the sign of Sagittarius, this is how I identify. This is me. Every day I wake up and I'm a Sagittarius. Even though I'm a Taurus sun, the sun really represents more of your ego. The moon represents more of your emotions. You have all of these placements in your chart. So if we go back to the setup though, the first house. So that means that if Sagittarius is in my first I'm going to count and say, okay, so if Sagittarius is in my first and we're going in order from Aries to Pisces, if we're going in order, I'm a Sagittarius rising in the first, everybody's rising is in the first. My second house is going to be the next sign over. So my second house, which Taurus rules the second house, my second house falls into Capricorn because Capricorn comes after Sagittarius. Second house is the house of personal finance ruled by Taurus. I hope this is making sense. I feel like if you actually, if you're having a hard time, draw it out, like literally write it out on a piece of paper, write out the houses, the rulers, and then write your rising sign and then just go in order on that. Like basically write it in like a three column sheet. And if I have time to do this, I'm going to write it down for me. I will make a sheet for you. Like, I'm not even kidding. I will make just like a Google Word doc for you to fill in because I feel like this information is so valuable that it will help you. And I will also link down below a website called AstroSeek Um, this is just a little side tidbit. If you don't know your rising sign, but you know, your birth time, your birthday and where, and I'm not talking about your hometown. I'm talking about the location where the hospital is that you were born, or if you weren't born at the hospital, like where you were born specifically. Um, so I will, I'm, I'm genuinely going to put down, like make a document, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it's it's going to be just so simple it'll be like a table that I put together for you so basically and I'll give you an example of mine so you can kind of see what the heck I'm talking about but because I feel like me just saying it almost doesn't make sense. If you don't know the houses of astrology, it's like, what the hell do you mean? Sagittarius is in my first house of Aries. Aries season is happening in March. That makes no sense. But when you actually write it out and put your stuff in order, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, and I feel like that's the only way that you'll really learn if you're new to this information is you really like, I mean, everybody learns a little bit differently. Like some people are visual learners. Some people are audio learners. Some people have to do it themselves. I feel like writing it out kind of gives you a lot of both. So I would encourage that. Um, I will make a Word document table just like and put it down below so y'all can print it out or at least like rewrite it on a piece of paper. Um, And I'll do like my charts example so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, So... That's why this is so important, because every transit that you go through, when we're just talking about house transits, which is like very basic level transits, um, like right now, we're in the middle of Pisces season, I'm a Pisces in the fourth house, so... What that means is right now during Pisces season, my fourth house is being lit up because I'm a Sagittarius rising in the first house. And if you count forward, one being Sagittarius, first house, two being Capricorn in the second, three being Aquarius in the third for me, and four being Pisces in the fourth. And so I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Like you want to take where your rising sign is and then count forward on the wheel. So, or count forward with the signs and houses. So I'm Pisces in the fourth house and the fourth house deals with like home, family, your ancestry, your roots, that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's it's a difficult mood because Pisces is like the wounded healer in astrology and uh having a 4th house there. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. I came from a very like abusive and traumatic background, like growing up and so when I get into my quote unquote family house I tend to have a lot of emotions around that come up. Now it can also be about like making my home a space that I care more about. The things that have to do with like the hearth and home. So it's not like all terrible, but I tend to be like in my feelings during Pisces season and it happens every year. But that's like, probably like one of the first big things you can do when you start to study astrology for your life and making it very specific is if you kind of watch when the signs change, you can see which house your chart falls into just by doing the exercise once. It's the same every single year. It doesn't change. Um, so you can, unless you're doing like progressive astrology, but that's something totally different that I do not practice. Um, I don't necessarily think it's invalid. I just don't i'm not an expert in it so i don't feel like i can speak on it but <clears throat> with that the reason why like this is like a little tidbit i wanted to throw in here if you're reading horoscopes for your sun sign stop start reading horoscopes for your rising sign. When I read horoscopes for myself, I don't read my horoscope based off of Taurus. Even though I am a Taurus sun sign, my rising is in Sagittarius. So I read horoscopes for Sagittarius. And the reason why you should do that, and this is like true astrology facts. I'm not just like bullshitting you. If you ask any astrologer about this, they will say the same thing. Um, The reason that you want to do this is because it's way more personal Um, and whatever like houses we're currently running through at the time for you, if that's your rising sign, it's going to apply to that. The only reason in astrology that people started basing their horoscopes off of the sun sign is because when astrologers write horoscopes, it's really hard to group people together based on their risings because you would it's like harder to get that information right because the rising sign is you have to know your birth time and a lot of people don't know their birth times and because like they've never looked at their birth certificate or don't have one or you know however for some reason we don't know um I've even heard where people don't have the time listed on their birth certificate. And so like they need to go ask their mom um, in like rare cases, at least in the U.S. I don't know how other countries do it, but um, when you read a horoscope, the reason they were made that way is because it was, like I said, back in the day, it was easier to group people together based on their sun sign. Because when the sun is transiting a certain sign in tropical astrology, which is what I practice, I think I already said that in tropical astrology, it goes from like basically every month, it kind of changes. So it's easier for people to say, oh, I was born between this day and this day. So every year, like, or so this is my sun sign, like that's very easy instead of like, oh my gosh, let me go calculate all of this mathematical shit to figure out what my rising sign is. And now we have websites, which like I said, I'll link one down below for you that I personally use. Now we have websites where we can just calculate that. If you have the information, it will calculate it for you. And another little tidbit I want to throw in here is that if you are using an astrology website to get your charts, Cafe Astrology is great. I hear a lot of people use Cafe Astrology. It's great, but it's very outdated. It is not currently being updated anymore. And so I would actually encourage y'all not to go to them if you can. Um, Go ahead and use AstroSeek excuse me. And it's astro dash. Like there's a dash in between astro and seek.com. This is not sponsored by them. It's just the website that I prefer and it is constantly being updated. So I feel like it's just a little bit more true to form. So definitely check that one out. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about each of the houses and then we're going to talk a little bit about moon charting as well. So, and like how to do that with your own astrology, but, Let's talk about all of the houses, and again, you may want to take some notes here, but each of the houses of the Zodiac, as we discussed, have a Zodiac sign ruler, so... I want to kind of go through those. We'll start with Aries and end with Pisces. And I want to give you some concepts of what those houses represent because this will give you an idea if you know your rising sign and what season we are currently in. Right now, like I said, if you're listening to this when it goes live, we're in the middle of Pisces season. If you know your rising sign and can count forward, you'll kind of know what area of your life right now and every month that follows is being highlighted for you. So this is something that I I practice monthly, daily even, that I recognize these transits and I will base like, oh, during Pisces season, like right now, it's my fourth house transit. I'm feeling a little bit more in my feelings, I need a little punch up in my emotions. So the books that I read this month are gonna focus on emotional development. Does that make sense? Like, I will make decisions like that because I will know ahead of time what I'm going to need. And it's not perfect. Sometimes the unexplained comes through and I have to kind of reevaluate like everyone does, but it's just helpful. And same with when you're manifesting something like on a new moon, if you know what house you're currently sitting in for yourself, It's easier to know what to manifest for yourself, what to start calling in. It punches up and amplifies that manifestation. So each house, we're going to start with Aries. Aries is the house of the self. The first house, the house of Aries, is the house of self. This is why the rising sign, I always say, is really important. You wake up every day as your rising sign. This is the person that you are. It's not a mask that you wear. It is truly who you are. And, um... It's, it's a lot about like self-identity. It's about how you look. Um, a lot of times in rising sign placements, Um, like something I notice in a lot of Sagittarius risings, and it's not perfect. Like there are definitely some things that might come out differently in other people. It really depends, but something that I have noticed in a lot of Sagittarius rising people is they tend to have really large smiles. I have a very large smile and like, you can see it in all of my profile pictures. Um, not the one for this. Well, maybe the one for this podcast. I think my smile is like pretty big in that Picture, but like my avatar picture on YouTube, on my Instagram, like I have a huge smile. And most Sagittarius risings that I've met also have big smiles. Um, it's actually funny. Lindsay Adkinson, who is somebody that I admire so much and somebody I have followed for years on YouTube, and I love the content that she's doing now. Um, I mentioned and like I commented on one of her videos where she talked about her astrological placements. And she mentioned that she was a Sag rising and I knew because she has a big smile. And I say that with so much love. That's not a criticism. Like I am very attracted to large smiles. Um, it's like one of the first things I noticed about someone. And I like prior to that, when I was like, I was like, I wonder what she is. Cause I knew that she was a tourist like me. And I was like, I wonder what she is. And then I, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if she's a Sag rising because she has such a gorgeous smile um and that's just something that you'll notice about Sagittarius. So um it also can sometimes dictate your features like your actual physical appearance and Um, Like I said, it's you. It's who you are. So the second house, which is ruled by the sign of Taurus, this is the house of personal finance and possessions. So Taurus rules over like this is like your bank account, the things that you own, managing finances. If you ever want to manifest money, this is a good time to do it when you're in a second house transit, when when you have like hella stuff in your second house or we are going through the time period where your second house is being lit up. The third house, which corresponds to a Gemini, this is a lot about short-term travel, siblings, and communication. So short-term travel, this is going to be like, maybe you're going to go take like a one night stay somewhere. Um, siblings, if you have siblings, or it can also, I feel like, be the house of friendship too. Like it, I feel like actually that's almost more Aquarius to me, but I feel like it can cross over into friendships. If you have like friendships that are kind of like family and communication. So expect yourself to be chatting a lot. Um, and I feel like also learning new things to some degree. So this might be a good time for you to get involved in like speaking in some way or get involved in like a group with people or reconnecting with siblings or planning a short-term travel trip or manifesting one. Um, The fourth house, whose ruler is Cancer, this is going to be all about your hearth and home. This is going to be your actual physical house, like what is inside of it, how you decorate it, how you care for it, making your home a sanctuary, a safe space. You might find that you do in-home renovations at this time. Um, And it also rules your family and like your roots and where you've come from. So you might find that Sometimes it brings up scraps with family, like you get into more family arguments. It can be healing for family as well. If you've had like past hurts get healed during this time, um, getting in touch with your ancestors more during this time, doing family history work, things like that. Uh, The fifth house, which is the house of Leo, and this actually rules fun and children and like creativity. So this is going to be like a good time to take up a new creative project to spend more time with children to manifest children if that's something that you're doing Uh, and this can also be a really good time to just manifest more fun you know whatever fun looks like to you um Something else I want to mention in terms of the rising sign, just because I'm thinking of it, I want to throw it in here. Um, I also noticed, and I don't know if this is something that like all astrologers pay attention to, but something that I notice is that during because I'm a rising fire sign, so fire signs are going to be Sagittarius, Leo and oh my God, who am I Aries Water signs are going to be cancer, Pisces and Scorpio air signs are going to be Gemini. Libra and who the hell is the other one Aquarius <laughs> and earth signs are going to be at Capricorn at Taurus and Virgo. If like, if you are, so depending on what element you fall into, I'm a rising fire sign. I'm going to keep using myself as the example. I'm a rising fire sign. I noticed that all of my fire sign transits. So when I hit my fifth house and when I hit my, um, when I hit my fifth house, my ninth house, and my first house, those all tend to be a lot more lucky for me. And the same with when it is Aries season, when it is Leo season, and when it is Sagittarius season, like in the year, I notice that those are my most like abundant times. I tend to manifest more money. I tend to have more luck on my side. I tend to have better months during fire seasons. Uh, so whatever your rising sign is, pay attention to that. If you're using astrology for your life this way, pay attention to like if you're a water sign rising, like if you're a Pisces rising. Pay attention during cancer season and during Scorpio season and see if those are times where you feel amplified, more energetic, more excited about life. I've noticed that for me, that is very true. I get like a huge boost of confidence during Sagittarius, Aries, and Leo season. Um, so carrying on Leo season, uh, Leo also deals with our self-confidence. So this could be a time if you don't feel very confident to manifest more confidence, or you might be feeling more confident during this time and more playful. Um, the sixth house ruler is going to be Virgo. Virgo deals with health service to others and routines. So this is going to be a time, and I have noticed this for myself, 110%. We just had the Virgo full moon and I actually have a lot of Virgo in my charts, I am a sun and a moon in the house of Virgo, not using whole sign house, but using Placidus, which if you're an astrologer, you know what that means. Um, if you're not, I'm not going in that into that today. I feel like that's a little more complex, but... <clears throat> Um, my sun and moon are both in the sixth house and I also have a 10th house in Virgo and I've talked about this a lot so my career house the 10th house in Virgo that's like my public image house that's how I present myself online people probably could easily mistake me for a Virgo online and my sun and moon being in the sixth house of Virgo like bitch I love a routine I love learning about health I love like it's one of my most studied topics aside of from like spirituality in astrology, I would say the most knowledge I have in my current life um, is on health. Like, I love—I've taken health courses. I've really like studied a ton, and I love learning about health. Um, I don't want to like be a dietitian or anything. I mean, I think it could be something maybe someday. Who knows? Forever student over here. Um, but this is going to be a time where you will evaluate your health routines your body health your physical health the health of others the well-being of others you might want to be more generous during this time and it's also like to me getting like very organized like Think about a Virgo. They organized as F like it's a time where like you might be doing a lot more like cleaning and organizing around your house, organizing your life, taking stock of things. And it's kind of nice because whatever your first house is, basically when you get halfway through all of your transits, which the sixth house Virgo, we're about halfway. When you get to that halfway point, it's a great time to take stock of your life from your first house, right? Right. If we're going into like the first six months after your like first house transits, um, it's a good time to take stock and kind of evaluate. So I feel like that's like something a lot of people will do. They'll start like new health regimens, things like that. And the next is going to be the seventh house, which is Libra. Libra is the ruler of the seventh house. This is all things contracts as well as marriage and relationships. So this could be a time to manifest a partner, to call in love, to do relationship repair, and also I would argue like, yes, you can manifest a home during cancer season, but you could also manifest a home during Libra season because it deals with contracts. So if there's a big contract that you're wanting to get your hands on, this would be the time to set intention for that. And there might be things in your life that come up around contracts at that time or come up in relationships, whether it is for like the good or for the bad, quote unquote. It's like that's when you can kind of expect those things is during your seventh house transit. Now, the eighth house is the house of Scorpio. Scorpio rules the eighth house. And this is kind of the like, I always feel like it's the sexy spooky house (laughs) like it's it is about like desire and sexual tendencies and like sexual nature but it is also to me a lot about like mysticism and because Scorpio rules the hidden house basically to me it's like secrets of the occult it's magic, it's divination, it's witchy. Like this is like the time period. A lot of times I feel like the eighth and ninth house are pretty overtly spiritual in a way, um, which we'll get into the ninth house in a moment, but the eighth house being more on the spiritual realm of things, it's more like hidden spiritual knowledge though. And things that maybe are more on like the uncommon side, it's a time where you might get like more psychic hits, more intuition and, Um, It also deals with other people's money and like how you receive other people's money because um, Taurus ruling personal finance, Scorpio is Taurus's exact opposite on the Zodiac wheel. So like they're six placements apart. So it like basically they both kind of deal with money like Taurus deals with the personal finance aspect where Scorpio deals with the assets that are shared with others. So this is going to be like combined finances, combined money and how you get money from other people. So that's like another thing. Like if you're trying to manifest more money, like joint with another person, that's going to be a good time to do it. Um, And the ninth house, which Sagittarius is the ruler of the ninth house, this is, to me, more than anything, this is about travel, expansion, and um, wisdom. But this is like higher education wisdom. So this is going to be knowledge, but not necessarily hidden knowledge. It's more like college and school that goes beyond like it's knowledge that's just beyond like what is typical and so a lot of times people will make decisions like about college about learning they'll pick up a new skill a new trade um I've also noticed that in a ninth house transit there might be more understanding and more contemplating. Like this is like the philosopher's house. Like this is like you start Phyllis, philis- Phyllis, ph- I cannot say that word. Ph- you start getting like more into like the philosophy of life during this time, you might contemplate things a little bit deeper and it's also another time for travel because again, kind of like with Scorpio and Taurus um, Gemini is Sagittarius is opposite. So they both kind of deal in travel. Like Gemini is like short term travel where I would say Sagittarius deals with like long travel, like going out of the country kind of thing. Um, it's just like more like bigger travel and expansion of the mind. Uh, moving on to the 10th house. The 10th house is ruled by Capricorn at daddy Capricorn. And I don't care what anybody says. Capricorn placements are daddies. Like, I don't care how you identify it's daddy energy. Like <laughs> Capricorn is big daddy energy and it's, I love it. I love it. Like, honestly, I've said this before that if I wasn't married and in like a amazing conscious coupled relationship, um, I would definitely be looking for like a Capricorn dominant. Like, um, but what the funny thing is is my husband is a Sagittarius. Like his son is in Sagittarius, so like that's where his ego is, which can be really fucking frustrating for my Sagittarius rising ass but he is a Capricorn dominant everywhere else in his chart like he's a Capricorn rising and he has a double Capricorn stellium so a stellium is where you have three or more placements in one area in your chart like three or more placements in Scorpio or in Capricorn my husband has a double he has six placements he was part of like the late 1990s um great capricorn stellium. So, yeah, my husband basically is a daddy and but even though like we don't even necessarily want kids, I mean daddy in um in another way. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, I'm out here, I'm a Taurus in in my son. I'm out here just looking for someone to build an empire with me. Um, and total world domination, JK, I actually don't want to dominate the world. I don't think I would know what to do with that much power, but, um, I, we, we love a Capricorn dom, like love a Capricorn dominant, um, cause they rule the career house, the career house, 10th house is the career house. This is the house of public image career. Um, and this is like. Basically, who you are, this can deal with, like, your online persona as well. Like, as I mentioned, I'm a Virgo in the 10th house, and I feel like my persona online looks very put together. Like, I don't ever put something out that isn't my absolute best and giving it, like, 110%. And I feel like that can be really misleading sometimes because I think sometimes it plays into the social media, like, isn't real thing, but, like that genuinely is how i like to do my work like it's not like i'm necessarily putting on a front it's like i like being that organized in my work and that methodical and that like like it brings me joy in my career like i could see myself someday with like astrology planners as a business because that's something that i really thrive in but um so it deals with like your outward facing image um so that's like I also feel like sometimes it doesn't always have to be an online persona like it can be something that um not like an online persona but like it it can basically be like sometimes I feel like people can sense it like going to school growing up people always thought that I was really smart because I was so organized like I also have my sun and moon in the sixth house, though, so maybe that's why. I have, like, more Virgo than just my tenth house. But, like, I got horrible grades in school, but I, like, had every color highlighter. I took notes really detailedly, I or really detailed. I, like... Definitely gave off this, like, energy of having my shit really together when I really didn't. And I mean that very seriously. Like, I barely graduated high school. I was on the senior fail list. Like, I was not, like, that kind of student, even though it looked like I was. (laughs) So... Just interesting stuff. Um, moving on to the 11th house. This is going to be the house of Aquarius. Aquarius rules the 11th house. This is, to me, and I've had people in my comments on YouTube fight me about this, but I, stand, I said what I said and I stand by it as an astrologer. To me, the 11th house dictates fame. It dictates fame. It's the house of friendship. It's the house of, like, to me, also good, not good fortune, but, like, good. I want to say like, like wishes, like, and I learned that from a book as well called Moonology that I think is a brilliant book if you're just getting into astrology. But it to me is like it deals with like wishes being granted, you can almost ask for anything during um, Aquarius transits. That's why I'm honestly so happy that like, I am I feel like I am blessed that my Saturn is in Aquarius, and those of you born around the same time as me during that, like, three-year period in the early 90s, um, if you have Saturn in Aquarius, I feel like it is such, like, a blessed placement. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't come with its own challenges because it definitely does, but, like... I don't know. I stand on Aquarius. Like Aquarius placements are my freaking favorite. And that's not even a lie. If I could pick one sign of the Zodiac, that's my favorite. It's Aquarius. Um, I just really stand what they're about. But Aquarius is also like the humanitarian and wants like better for the world. So I feel like when you're in your 11th house, like you might feel a little bit more like that. There might be like um, this also is like the friendship house. You can make a lot of like faded connections during an Aquarius or Gemini transit, um, third house or 11th house. And it also rules like technology too. So if you're like wanting to like bring more technology into your life or get more invested in technology in some way, that's like a great time to do it. And the 12th house, which is the house of Pisces, is the final house. It's endings. It is, to me, I kind of always look at Pisces as like death, but not like in the typical sense. Like not like everything just goes to die there. But death in the sense that it's like a brand new beginning. We don't know. We literally do not know. We cannot confirm what happens after we die. And I'm not trying to have a religious discussion right now. I don't follow a religion. I'm an eclectic witch um, with my, I'm very spiritual, but I am not religious. And we genuinely do not know what happens after this life. And I feel like Pisces is very like into that, if that makes sense. Like it's a very like hidden house or not hidden. I'm sorry. That's Scorpio. Um, It's very like, I just want to say like, it tends to be like the house of the healer too, because it is like that final page. It's a time where you'll definitely want to be more inward with yourself during a Pisces transit. Um, You might want to, like, during your 12th house transits, you'll be taking stock before you bloom into your first house. So for me, I'm a 12th house in Scorpio. And during Scorpio season, let me motherfucking tell you. Like, I find during, um, during Pisces and Scorpio season, those are like doozies for me. Because they both deal with Pisces in one way or another for me. Either I'm going through my 12th house transit or we're just in Pisces season, which deals with my 4th house. And like I've said, I have a lot of issues with like family stuff and family dynamics. So it's difficult for me. Um, Someday I hope that won't be the case. But I just find that when going through the 12th house, you kind of want to be a little more isolated from everybody else. It's kind of like... Just wanting to take more time out for yourself and kind of like – what didn't work during this full zodiac year of my life and how can i make it work for me going into my first house and blooming again sort of thing so that is kind of how to work with the houses in your life that's like very basic level to me astrology if you're just getting started and wanting to do that that's how you want to do it now I feel like I could probably do a follow-up episode on moon phases but just to kind of throw this in here at the end um because I feel like I'm at that point where I've been talking for some so long like i need to get up and go take a break because i feel like i'm not fully like i'm present but i'm starting to lose that edge this is like why i don't stream because i can't talk for long extensive periods of time and like be awake to do it <laughs> um i start like i just need a break after a while but with the moon phases every moon has like the moon is constantly cycling through the signs like every day not it doesn't change every day. Like every few days, the moon will move into a new sign. And basically during the new and full moons are the moons that I pay the most attention to because new moons are new beginnings. Full moons are endings and releasing. So, during those transits when they're happening when those moon phases are happening like we just went through a virgo full moon so releasing things that have to do with virgo for me um i definitely have lowered my expectations in my career like i still have a lot of dreams and big goals but i've really kind of slowed down on uploads i've slowed down on being so hard on myself to get everything done and i've kind of gotten rid of this mentality that i have to work hard to get anywhere and that was like a big release for me. Um, and I know because I'm a Virgo in the 10th house that it's going to deal with my career, but it's also going to hit my ego. And it's also going to hit my emotions because my moon sits in the house of Virgo too. So Virgo full moon was kind of intense for me. I'm not gonna lie to you about it. Um, and Virgo rules the sixth house as well. So knowing that you can kind of like look at your routines and where things are with that. So like That's what I mean when like using the moon phases. So let's say we're going through um, the Cancer moon, right? We're going through the Cancer moon and um, like a Cancer new moon. And me, I'll give you my own examples, being a Sagittarius rising, that puts Cancer in my, I actually have to think about it, that puts Cancer in my... Seventh house? Is cancer in my seventh house? I have to think about it. (laughs) Well, let's see. Five, six, seven. No, cancer's in my eighth house. So cancer in my eighth house. Yes, during a cancer new moon, like manifest a new home. That's awesome. But also during my eighth house transit, when the new moon is happening in cancer, I'm going to think about like my own psychic intuition, amplifying my abilities, getting more in touch with my own intuition, my divine feminine, things like that. So like, that's what I mean. Like you can also use the moons to do the same thing. So really having this like basic level of astro understanding, you can do so much with that information. So I would encourage you all check out the word document, check out the, um, astroseek.com if you don't have your chart it's a free site like you don't have to pay to use it Um, and you know let me know you let me know what you think of this let me know if you want like a full episode on moon phases and talking more about them Um, there's not really anywhere that you can comment on this but you can leave me a review on apple if you listen to me on apple Um, and mention you know like you love the astrology stuff I would love to hear that Uh, and you want to hear more because I feel like I'm really good at kind of not watering down, but like simplifying, shall we say, a lot of astrology that makes it more accessible for people that maybe don't really have a true understanding just yet. So let me know how you feel about it. And um, I will talk to you all next Tuesday. And also don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I really want to make some astrology like basically like posts that are just like text and image kind of thing, Uh, just kind of giving you more information on some of this stuff. So make sure you're following me on Instagram. I'm at Chloe Taylor. And uh, that link is also in the show notes. But I will speak to you all again next Tuesday. I hope you have a fantastic week. I love you so much. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Bye.